you know sometimes one may feel that money is a reflection of your hard work sometimes you may feel that uh, money is a responsibility if you need it then uh, then you may feel that money is uh, you know something which is a blessing if uh, if you chase it you know then it may mean very differently to you very excited to be talking to you before we begin i have to mention that you are one of the youngest executive uh, on the uh, panasonic uh, board and you are the first indian at a very very senior role in panasonic and and i know that these things don't come easily and i'm bringing this out because uh, you know this is a difficult time for the world and 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 let's start with the context of uh, your role you and and what are some of the things that you think in your career you've done right which has got you to be where you are sure so last thing first i believe uh, i mean i don't have a single pointed answer to sort of reflect upon what was that one right thing which one would have done but i feel that uh, it started off uh, as early as when i was starting my career and uh, there was a very specific thought process which was cutting through my mind at that point of time and uh, to sort of give you one instance i would uh, sort of share with you that how i underwent my first interview so so many people don't know that uh, after passing out from my engineering college i was sort of looking out for a job i was born and brought up and raised in a place called gwalior in mp mm-hmm. and uh, after that you know uh, i came to delhi to sort of uh, see the consultants and the digital convergence was just starting off and internet was starting to get penetrated so so today you have all the digital mediums to sort of reach out but during those days uh, one has to sort of go through the by lanes of a nehru place to meet the consultants and you know distribute your by data across so so i went through that process for a couple of days and got an opportunity with a company was which was into manufacturing of fiber optical cables because the telecom revolution was uh, taking place that point of time so this was uh, a homegrown company based out of uh, Dharueda the manufacturing facility was uh, for the south to gurgaon and i joined this company just for a day and uh, felt that this possibly is not the place where i would be able to sort of reflect upon my capabilities and the passion and went back to my hometown and uh, it was uh, a question itself to every day sort of uh, take a lift and uh, there was a uh, industrial area called malanpur which was coming up uh, very close to gwalior and a lot of multinational companies were sort of establishing their greenfield investments lg was one of them and mm. uh, this was a joint venture with hotline group which was one of the leading groups that point of time and i used to sort of every day approach their human resource department uh, just by knocking their uh, door and there was a project which was coming up and i had nothing much because smartphones did not exist during those days so i used to read newspaper every morning sitting at one of the chai ka thela outside that project uh, office and uh, the incident of purulia's arms drop had just happened mm-hmm. i had so much of time to my discretion that uh, for hours together i was doing almost a thesis of a sort on that subject and after a few days uh, every time they were telling me that this entire process happens in delhi at our head office so why don't you approach the head office in delhi and sort of <clears throat> explore an opportunity for yourself 
anyway they saw that this boy is sitting for many days so they allowed me to come in and uh, one of the managers were asked to take my interview and the first question which he asks is manish what is your assessment about purulia's arm strong <laughs> so that was the moment of truth for me so i think there lies the answer so if you really think about something very seriously and consistently very passionately and of course convert that into actions then i believe success is a logical outcome of that yeah. so possibly i thought sharing this anecdote uh, i'll reflect upon the answer which you were seeking so that is about uh, what i believe you know consistently so i i always feel that three c's are extremely important for every individual or possibly for organizations also so first is the character itself so for individuals it may mean the character of how they exhibit themselves under variety of circumstances and for organizations i believe collective character may mean culture of the organization second is capabilities i think uh, capabilities have to consistently evolve and therefore third c is consistency so i thoroughly believe and when i reflect back in my own life i feel that uh, continuously one would have made efforts to improvise upon character and capability both yeah so i believe that is what the mantra is which i try to follow most of the times to really evolve and sort of catch with the pace of the dynamically changing environment yeah the second uh, question which you asked was that uh, you know what exactly would my responsibility is being in the position i am in this organization so yeah you rightly uh, sort of uh, asked this question it's a large responsibility so i think the first and foremost is that how do you place india in the global supply chain you know ecosystem of panasonic corporation so this would be sitting on the top of my agenda and second is uh, how do you add to the nation's developmental agenda and how do you really fit in your organization and yourselves individually in that agenda so i think uh, with the with the uh, with the position of being the executive officer of the corporation uh, the biggest of difference is that one is exposed to more information uh then one was exposed in the past so today you get to know what the long term strategy of the organization is and how the organization is looking at building more capabilities and i i i am very happy to sort of share with you that in last few years one major shift in the thought process of the corporation which has happened is that uh, panasonic corporation no longer considers india as an opportunity or as a market it also considers india as a capability which essentially means today we are looking at uh, utilizing india as a capability to provide it services for other subsidiaries of panasonic corporation we recently set up a india innovation center based out of bangalore so it is developing sort of platform solutions from scratch not only for this country but also to be ready for servicing the world the other subsidiaries of panasonic corporation i may share some examples in in the time and third is uh, to look at pro- sort of exporting human resource which is the talent itself from india to the other subsidiaries of panasonic corporation so i think those are the uh, situations which i am looking at being in this position you know i read uh, in harvard in one of the harvard uh, uh, publishing they talked about why japan uh, has always uh, resurrected itself very very strongly whenever it faces any crisis and 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 it talked about the 2011 tsunami and the earthquake that happened which was very very uh, severe but businesses recovered and why the country recovered there was one very strong point that the leaders and the businesses they didn't think about themselves or profiteering but they thought about how to go and help 
and 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 very generously be it the supermarket companies or you know people distributed and went out of the way to take care of each other and and then they brought that long term thinking plus that compassion and empathy because panasonic is a japanese company uh, what are some of the learnings that you uh, look at while you are running the operations in india and especially while we face the pandemic now so i've been to japan more than 100 times in last 8 or 9 years and you know every time i visit japan there's a new learning which one acquires mm. and i think uh, determination discipline uh, compassion Uh, possibly long term thinking of every individual and their fundamental responsibility to sort of look at contributing to the society first uh, and then looking at their own sort of self motives uh, i mean for any japanese or most likely whenever i sort of interact with my colleagues over there i realize that for them country comes first and then their own company and then possibly their individual ambitions so that would cut across a lot of uh, japanese uh, as a society and individuals and uh, I, i personally have seen that the kind of discipline which they sort of exhibit in doing things uh, creates a huge differentiation and in that sense they eliminate all the efficiency losses which otherwise would happen mm. and uh, therefore you know uh, japan always has bounced back irrespective of the magnitude of uh, challenge which they face and this may go go back starting from world war how they bounced back as a country and then they rebuilt the entire country uh, created a clear differentiation for themselves and i think the quality revolution when it happened uh, globally japan was leading it from the front and our own organization we are about 102 years old now we were established in 1918 so we celebrated the 100th year in uh, 2018 so every time i visit japan there is a museum in osaka which is uh, a reflection of the journey of our founder so his name is konosuke matsushita i happen to be deeply inspired uh, by his life by his philosophies i read a lot of his work he also established a institute called uh, uh, php which essentially means uh, peace and harmony through prosperity so the fundamental thought process in his mind was if the nation and its people uh, prosper then there'll be peace and harmony and he sort of invested a lot of time and effort and people into researching on this subject and created a lot of sort of philosophies and a lot of books were written out of php so the thought process which uh, cuts across uh, majorly uh, across people in japan especially people who are in the age of 45 plus who have sort of gone through that entire process of uh, seeing how their fathers and forefathers were involved into nation building and then building organizations like panasonic and many other japanese companies so i believe there is a serious sense of responsibility which cuts across a lot of these people which creates this amount of differentiation in the way this country and its people does things uh, talking about our organization uh, it has seen the test of times and it started off uh, manufacturing uh, a small product which was a, a socket for a bulb because electrification was sort of uh, penetrating through japan around that time and one of the major challenges uh, for the society was that the sockets which were available that point of time uh, there was just one socket for one household and if you have to sort of switch on a bulb then you have to sort of plug that bulb into that socket and if you have to let's say do any other activity utilizing the electricity which is coming into your house you have to remove the bulb and plug the other device which you are wanting to use so so konosuke was uh, sort of wanting to find a solution for this problem 
so he sort of invented a dual socket uh, so that you know people can sort of utilize it for uh, multiple purposes this is how panasonic started uh, possibly within his own home and then it started to expand uh, it faced multiple challenges while the journey progressed in the first instance it was uh, the depression which happened in japan and then world war happened then they were wanting to sort of uh, go global there were multiple challenges so and so forth and then there were times of success you go back into 1980s and the early 90s uh, before the digital convergence started to happen uh, the time of vcr and vhs i mean they become a real global company and making large profits and investing those profits back both in the organization and also contributing for the society and now the digital convergence era when it is undergoing panasonic is looking at really diversifying its business interests so just to quickly give you a sense uh, we are 39 business divisions uh, globally and india in india many people may not know that how diversified panasonic corporation is but uh, uh, most of the people feel that this is the organization doing uh, televisions uh, air conditioners and let's say the other home appliances and durables but this is only about 45% of the revenue which we do in india and if i give you a sense of uh, how the global uh, revenue split would be 78% of global revenues come out of b2b oriented businesses it is only 22% of revenues which uh, does uh, consumer appliances or consumer oriented businesses in india still 45% of our revenues come out of consumer appliances anchor electricals also happens to be our subsidiary Uh, which is into switches and wires and wiring devices again dominates its own space and uh, roughly about 25 to 26% of our businesses come out of b2b oriented businesses so i think one of the task at hand is that how do we really bring those solutions which can help solve the problems of the society so simply speaking we have divided our strategy into five uh, different verticals the first one is the identity of the organization which is the consumer appliances businesses so we have some really good innovations into air conditioners i'm happy to share that today out of the total range of air conditioners which we sort of uh, propose to the market all of them are connected so the intention is to democratize technology and make it available for people at large so the first pillar is consumer appliances the second pillar is we call them life solutions uh, people know that as anchor electricals in the countries So it is about wires, firing devices, switches, fans, heaters, and those kind of products. Third one is very interesting. So this is my agenda: that how do you leverage on your two capabilities, build software platforms to provide solutions for the living spaces? So this is a major interest area for Panasonic to develop capabilities in the time to come and provide total living spaces solutions. So how do you make life of people within their homes more convenient, comfortable, energy efficient, and safe? so this is the third focus area which we have created for ourselves fourth one is also very interesting again very much aligned with the challenges which our country is facing and some of the problems which we have to really solve which is supply chain so panasonic today has capabilities across all three important verticals of supply chain so first one is manufacturing with a 100 year experience into manufacturing we have accumulated massive learnings and also created some iot based solutions for smart manufacturing to happen so first is manufacturing second is logistics so how do you eliminate the waste which happens during the time the material and the goods are into transit and third is smart retail solutions so this is the fourth focus area for panasonic and the fifth one 
is energy solutions we all know that how storage technology is going to change the way things happen so currently we are into uh, supplying batteries for the mission critical applications data centers telecom operations atms and so on and so forth so how do you look at uh, providing you know uh, uh, data storage and energy storage solutions so that is our fifth focus area for ourselves so i think that is the kind of agenda which i am taking forward at this point of time to make sure that we position panasonic at a position which it truly deserves today on your yesterday uh, some of the experts of in the stock market they said that oh give a pass to chemicals consumer durable uh, stocks you should pick up i want to understand and and because uh, you know there was so much of flux in the first few months uh, after the lockdown how are you seeing because people are saying that there is recovery festival is around the corner how are you seeing the market and and more so uh, from a rural from the bharat uh, uh, standpoint consumption if we look at uh, the penetration of uh, various consumer appliances in the country yeah. let's take instance of air conditioners and i'll share some of the uh, work which we are doing in line with that direction so today the penetration of air conditioners in our country is less than 5% so less than 5% of households own a air conditioner even if one owns one air conditioner that adds into the penetration now this is massive potential the manufacturing or the consumption which happens in the country so we consume roughly about 7.5 million air conditioners every year we manufacture 5 million out of those 7.5 million so in the first instance there is an opportunity to scale up local manufacturing if i compare this with china china manufactures in excess of 110 million air conditioners every year now look at the scale we manufacture 5 million they manufacture 110 million out of that 110 million they consume 50 million within their country and 80 million roughly about 80 million is exported out now 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 the situation is such that our country is in a position to not only unlock the potential the demand potential of the country but also to look at backward integrating because once you start to scale up you have a situation to do your component manufacturing also in the country yeah. and also to start to export so so i believe that uh, uh, consumer appliances or consumer durables or household appliances kitchen appliances beauty care products uh, lifestyle products which go into houses have a massive potential to scale up in our country and this sort of growth will not only be driven into large urban markets but i think the big potential is into smaller towns so therefore we are also aligning our strategy in line with this and you use the term bharat so recently we have sort of uh, initiated a new function called bharat marketing within our organization and uh, you want to clearly sort of have a focused approach into uh, two different uh, sort of uh, market opportunities the first one we call it uh, organized retail which is into large markets uh, the urban markets and the second one is uh, general trade which is about uh, the bharat as we know and uh, i personally feel that uh, the initiatives needed or the approach needed the strategies required should be very clearly defined for both these approaches so while it is about dealing some key accounts the large retailers into a large 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 consumer market and when it comes to uh, the smaller towns it is more about dealing with distributors and ensuring right supply chain is in place and elimination of uh, opportunity loss happens by way of efficiency into your uh, demand forecasting and supply chain and those kind of efforts 
and i believe a lot of uh, btl activities would be needed to reach out to those consumers to create more awareness about products and so on and so forth so that, those are the kind of initiatives which you have taken in our organization to ensure that uh, we capitalize on this very long term or i would say that very large opportunity which exists in our country so you are right uh, i think uh, this industry uh, possibly uh, there might be some short term challenges we are trying to sort of get uh, the demand potential unlocked not only by the initiatives being taken by industry or organizations individually but i think government is also joining this very important uh, purpose and they are aligning their uh, sort of policy interventions uh, to ensure that all these three objectives which i mentioned the unlocking of the potential uh, backward integration to sort of let components get manufactured in the country and also enable exports so conversations are uh, happening uh, uh, in a manner which was which is far more than what it was happening in the past so in some sense uh, uh, stakeholders are considering that this pandemic while is a adversity of a sort but they are trying to convert this into an opportunity so that is the kind of sense which is cutting across electronics and it minister Uh, has been very bullish. Uh, in fact, we recently spoke to him. We did a town hall with him, and he was talking about how uh, he wants to boost the electronics and manufacturing in the country. I want to understand from you, and you've also been a picky co-chair. How do you think we will actually become a manufacturing superpower? Because we have a long way to go. I think the planetary position is such that uh, <laughs> it is poised to happen. the geopolitical environment is such that uh, india needs to position itself as uh, as the biggest beneficiary of the situation which is getting created so 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 i feel uh, it is not going to be easy for sure every stakeholder has to understand their own responsibility and i i don't hesitate in saying that uh, uh, government is really taking a lead and uh, i can't uh, share uh, uh, you know uh, share it uh, enough that you know how sort of people are coming forward and possibly sort of uh, taking more steps than they used to take in the past yeah. but fact of the matter is that communication is uh, far more than what it used to be in the past the decision making process is uh, is faster than ever i would say and i'm sure you would have noticed a lot of policy interventions announced in the recent past honorable prime minister himself uh, went ahead and announced uh, air conditioners as one of the uh, sunrise sectors in one of the cis meeting which he attended recently and uh, uh, industry has to make sure that they do their part in this whole process and uh, especially the multinational corporations have to really play a major role here because uh, access to technology is far more with them and they need to make sure that they bring Uh, their technologies their capabilities into india utilizing the current environment both of uh, the kind of opportunity into demand which exists and uh, the actions which government is taking to ensure that uh, a very clear uh, uh, path is laid and i think phased manufacturing uh, program is going to play a major role here because if the uh, policy environment is more transparent and if one is aware that what is going to happen next few years time then i think the investments can be planned in a efficient manner so 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 i think it is not going to be easy because we are simultaneously also competing with some of the other manufacturing economies today a vietnam or a indonesia is also equally in the race 
and i think uh, they had some early advantage because they sort of geared up uh, just about few years before and logistically and from the point of view of supply chain efficiencies uh, especially looking at uh, asia as a whole uh, i think they are at an advantage and today uh, china is looking at a situation of uh, creating a hub and spoke model where they are wanting to utilize those asian sort of manufacturing economies for that purpose so in some sense india has lot of challenges however i think uh, our domestic demand potential and second uh, the supply chain efficiency which exists for us to look at exports towards the west i think these are two uh, major advantages uh, with us we need to really capitalize on this if you had to say two things that could be done for us to accelerate our manufacturing capability because we are hearing about it we are just hearing a lot about it of course there is positive energy there is proactive intent communication but what can we do on ground to ensure that we become manuf- you know we really become manufacturing uh, not super power but definitely a force to reckon with so i would not taking names i would uh, i'm sure you would understand the kind of reflections i'm trying to make i think few of uh, the things are already starting to happen so mm-hmm. answering your question to to two things which we should do first is we need to sort of uh, execute some large ticket you know uh, yeah. initiatives if i have to say so and if we look at uh, some of the industries so maybe it industry is one example and automotive industry would be another example and there are some benchmarks or learnings which have happened in the in the past so we need to execute something which is really big ticket to 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 really shake the world and provide that confidence of uh, the make in india tag to have that credibility so i think this is definitely needed and here there can be variety of possibilities one of the possibility can be a public private partnership so in the past i think the major shake up happened when maruti sort of came into existence so that's a great great learning because this entire automotive revolution happened when maruti happened so i think we need that kind of approach uh, into some large sectors in our country uh, possibly energy storage can be one of the sectors uh, uh, component manufacturing so fab manufacturing can be another focus area for us so we need to really identify so industry and government need to come together which is definitely happening and identify some of the sectors where large ticket opportunities may exist and sort of take initiatives which are really game changing because incremental initiatives or actions may not result into this kind of uh, large capacity or capability creation so yeah. that is one which i feel needs to be done and second is uh, that uh, we need to provide a environment for people to understand that how the policy interventions are going to take place in subsequent years so that the environment is more transparent and people do understand that uh, you know the investments can be phased in a manner they will be uh, effective on their return so these are the two things which i feel uh, one is very simple which i am sure is definitely happening at this point of time the other one the first one uh, i feel that uh, large corporates large organizations especially the multinational ones and the large indian corporates and government of india need to really come together and identify space where some large ticket investments can create large amount of credibility for people to believe in the tag of make in india yeah. so that is what i feel that 
that needs to be done do you have any view on on our capability because we are we know we keep on talking about 1.3 billion people we keep on talking about our population young population how do you think can we create more uh, employability how do we create more efficiency productivity in our workforce i think we are the smartest of people in the planet <clears throat> and we have proven this into uh, into into it into various other sectors also so it's it's all about uh, providing opportunity for people and i personally believe that uh, we possess lot of skills and upgradation of those skill sets uh, mm. in line with the requirement is a matter of time and uh, i i surely believe that the potential in the people at large and their willingness to learn things and to create difference for their lives i think is immense in our country so so i do understand uh, you know where you are coming from if you look at uh, japan i think the manufacturing is happening for almost 100 years uh, the the factories the quality systems uh, i mean the processes and the demand itself and then the necessity for uh, you know ensuring that exports happen out of that country etc has happened in 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 a long period of time in those kind of countries whether it is japan or it is china for last 30 35 years or many other asian markets and the skill set uh, started to get evolved in line with the necessities and that process will happen in our country also that is what i thoroughly believe and i do understand that there is a requirement to provide that kind of confidence especially for multinational corporations to ensure that they bring in their investments into the country knowing that uh, the requisite skill sets exist yeah but uh, it is something like chicken and egg and i thoroughly believe that and i've seen in my own career so when i started off uh, with lg hotline so there were good 50 52 uh, expatriates who came into the country and sort of uh, trained all of us for the skill sets which were needed to run one of the most complex manufacturing processes so it was a cathode ray tube manufacturing facility they used to say that this is second most critical process after semiconductor manufacturing and uh, we ran the show quite efficiently so once we got trained and it's a matter of time it took just about 3 to 4 months couple of visits to korea to get trained and then it was all, the, the entire show was run by indian engineers so i think skill is something which can be built or acquired however it is important to provide that opportunity to people so that is my feeling on this how do you envisage and 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 think about the road ahead in your journey in the role that you are how do you how do you think about those things yeah so i think uh, people like me have been lucky that uh, we have sort of encountered some good experiences uh, especially during our professional life so i have been lucky that uh, i've worked under some really great leaders and a uh, uh, few of my learnings have been that leaders have to ensure that they provide a environment which is uh, full of empowerment for people mm-hmm. wherein people can sort of explore and really exploit their capabilities and uh, leaders needs to ensure that they provide an environment where communication is very rich and uh, being in the position i am to ensure that we drive localization of uh, both products and people so one of uh, my intentions over next mid term is to ensure that we create uh, future leaders within our organizations who would be ready to take up uh, challenges and ensure that uh, we position our organization as i mentioned at a position which it truly deserves so i think the mid term agenda for me is uh, is is in line with that that is one 
and second is on the personal front i believe that uh, one has to really start to share their learnings and experiences with as many people as possible so therefore uh, uh, last year i started to pen down my experiences and i started a, a weekly sort of uh, uh, blog called weekend musings which i post on linkedin yeah. and this is all about my experiences during the week or otherwise and as i mentioned that uh, i've been deeply inspired by our founder konosuke matsushita and he 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 is a legacy in his own i mean uh, his life is such rich of experiences and you know situations there in tough challenges he encountered how he overcome those challenges how he created this large organization from scratch and the kind of processes which are creating sustainable environment for the organization in the time to come so 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 my my another agenda is that how do you really share your experiences with people and in this whole process if you are able to inspire few so i think that is the kind of agenda which i am taking forward for myself so manish we are talking for this show money matters i want to understand what has money meant to you personally in your life yeah so i think uh, money may mean differently to different people under different circumstances and so would be my case also you know sometimes one may feel that money is a reflection of your hard work sometimes you may feel that uh, money is a responsibility if you need it uh, if you need it then uh, then you may feel that money is uh, you know something which is a blessing if uh, if you chase it you know then it may mean very differently to you uh, you know so money may mean uh, differently under different circumstances to be very honest but i think money is a responsibility and if if you really utilize that responsibility or if you really lead that responsibility properly so in simple sense i think uh, money should definitely flow and money should definitely grow so this is my perspective on money but uh, definitely money means a lot without any doubt 